Welcome to the Fraud Fighter Podcast. Thank you for being a listener. You have many podcasts to choose from, and I do appreciate you taking your time to listen about fraud and forensic accounting. There is no guest this week. I guess you kind of stuck with me. I will be the guest. The title of this podcast is called A New Beginning. I haven't published an episode in two weeks. The biggest reason why is because it's been chaotic life right now. Being the affiant for search warrants, which anybody who does a search warrant understands it. It takes a lot of time to, to do that and effort. Also, some presentations I had to give were created and delivered. Uh, so that kind of took me out for a couple of weeks. But a new beginning is starting because I have recently retired from the IRS criminal investigation as a special agent as of last Friday. I began my career in 2000. I went to the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in June of 2000 and graduated six months later. Now, you may ask, why six months? Well, it wasn't because I flunked anything. Uh, just to let you know, six months is the education requirements to be an IRS special agent. It's 13 weeks of criminal investigator training program, and then another 13 weeks of IRS-only school. So it takes six months. I believe it's the longest school there at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center in in Glencoe, Georgia. After about 20 years, you're eligible to retire if you're a criminal investigator. I like the job, still do, but it was time for a change. The job's comparable to a chess game. You figure out the moves, you figure out the defense moves, you kind of put them in checkmate. Ultimately, they're found guilty or they plead guilty and they get sentenced. So it was a, it's a fun game to play, actually. Uh, chasing the bad guys on white-collar investigations. And during the 20 years, I had a chance to work on some cool investigations. I did an investigation on the ultra-marathon runner. He actually put a book out about that investigation. Although I disagreed with his point of view, it was an interesting read. There's a couple of chapters about the trial and the investigation in general. I had an investigation on foster parents of a deceased teenager, and we were able to use forensic accounting and a white-collar investigation to help solve her murder. That was probably one of the best cases I've ever had in my 20 years of law enforcement. Another case I had was interstate gambling, $30 million seizure of rental real estate. It was literally houses on the beach. When I say houses on the beach, I'm talking about right on the beach, million-dollar houses. He had like 13 or 15 of them, something like that, along with cash and that type of thing. Also had a, international cases. One uh, particularly touched every continent except for Africa and Antarctica. That was interesting as well. I uh, had a chance to prosecute or be part of the prosecution team of medical doctors and a lawyer. Uh, when I look back at my career, it's kind of interesting going after medical doctors and a lawyer. They are. Uh, the federal government does look at it as a responsibility. Uh, we don't just go after just the small guy, but also had to go after people who are well-educated. Uh, we also did a large marijuana grow operation. That was a pretty interesting case. I've had mortgage fraud, bank fraud, bankruptcy fraud cases. I've had loads of return preparers. The return preparers are just using false dependents, false education credits, false self-employment income in order to get the earned income tax credit, which is a tax credit you get for work being a working poor. 
And during those investigations, I also had a chance to investigate a social worker selling identifications straight out of their employment. They would actually receive the identity of someone who, a child who needed help. And the social worker, in a sense, turned right around and sold the identification to a term preparer to be using a false tax return. Uh, Bitcoin investigations did those and also worked on some Dartnet investigations, which is also kind of interesting. So over a 20-year period of time, I've probably interviewed, I'd say, at least over a 1,000 people. Testified in grand jury and federal court numerous times. And so that was always interesting. I've had a chance to work with FBI, DEA, ATF, Food and Drug Agency, the FDIC, the Small Business Administration, Postal Inspectors, Health and Human Services, local and state investigators, Department of Defense, Department of Transportation, Secret Service, and HUD. Those are just a few of the agencies I've had a chance to work with. Task forces. I was also assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force as part of my career at one time. Also a SAR review team, which reviews banks' documents. And also the Cybercrime Unit for IRS was pretty interesting. Worked with them for a couple of months as well during my career. I also had a chance to promote the IRS brand to the general public. I had a chance to give speeches to the CFE, Certified Fraud Examiners Locally, uh, CPAs, Congressional Liaisons. Those are the individuals that when you pick up the phone and complain or want something done, they're the one to answer it, and they relay the message to their congressman or your senator, and they turn right around and have to know what the IRS is doing and had a chance to explain to them what IRS is doing, especially when it comes to cyber investigations and cryptocurrency. I've also had a chance to talk to ACAMs, universities, and even a high school or two regarding IRS and what we do, particularly criminal investigation side. I have worked with coworkers that I'll ever forever be grateful to for their friendship and leadership. Some coworkers have become very precious in my life, which will make those relationships worth keeping even outside the workspace. It's you find people that you love and enjoy. And even though you no longer are employed with the same agency, uh, you still want to keep those relationships and uh, some uh, are worth uh, keeping. Many times when you have a working relationship with people, it's your friends or acquaintances just because you work together. However, there's some people out there that you, no matter where you work, you still want to keep that relationship. I've also had a chance in 20 years to travel the country from coast to coast and also internationally. I've had a chance to teach in Jakarta as well as in El Salvador, teach anti-money laundering and tax investigations. That was always fun going to foreign countries and representing the IRS to uh, other countries that teach them how to conduct anti-money laundering and tax investigations. Had also a chance to teach at the training academy for the IRS, as well as other field offices, create content, deliver it, go around the country and speak about various subject matters and talk to people and hopefully educate them and inspire them to be better agents in a sense.
and to think differently or just know what new policies or procedures or even what tools are out there for them to help them in investigations. I've had a chance also to mentor agents as an instructor, teach agents on how to be a certified field instructor, which means teach agents how to be an instructor. Those are always fun. Additional duties were also use of force instructor for at least three states. I've traveled and trained agents and firearms and using a shotgun and rifle and building entry and active shooter. Most people who like guns would love to have a job like that to where you go out there and literally shoot for a living and teach people how to shoot and make good decisions. So that was, that was one of the highlights of my career is being able to go out there every couple of months and maintain the proficiency of agents and have them understand what you, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And also you maintain equipment and their scores. You had to find out what they're doing, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, and make sure their equipment's up to speed. They know how to use their equipment. It's a lot of responsibility. I've also was a cybercrime coordinator teaching open source intelligence, how to get things off the internet, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. What is it? How we can use it? How you can trace it? And also latest topics on darknet investigations, what's out there on tour and the darknet. About three years ago, I started to reevaluate where I wanted my career to be. I crunched the numbers and came to the conclusion that, frankly, it just didn't pay to stay. It wasn't worth moving from my current location. Uh, and I understand that in your career, especially in this type of career, you kind of limit yourself if you want to just stick in the same spot. Uh, if you want to move up in the organization, typically you have to move. And it just wasn't worth my family to frankly, to go move. This wasn't worth the extra pay, which is okay. I limited myself and it was fine. And to do remote work at a higher pay grade is rare. So I never had a chance to do that. So that was fine. I don't know what forensic accountants did outside my agency. I didn't see those type of people across the table during a criminal investigation. So many times by default, I was the money expert in the room. The defense attorney didn't have an expert on their side. The government has an expert, which would be me, on their side. And uh, many times I would do a debrief with the defense attorney or the United States Probation Office, and it was me just explaining the case and the evidence. And uh, that was it. Those are kind of interesting conversations where you get to explain what you've done and what you haven't done and the strengths and weaknesses of your case. In order to learn about what forensic accounting is like outside this agency. I started this podcast. I need to learn. I learned much from other forensic accountants that I've interviewed and those who enter the credentials and especially those who hire forensic accountants. This was the purpose of the podcast is to find out what fraud and forensic accounting is like uh, in the industry in general. So that's why I started this podcast. So I asked myself, if money wasn't an issue, would I just stick around this agency? We work 50-hour weeks, and frankly, the answer was no. It just wasn't worth the difference in the pay. Between the take-home pay of retirement and take-home pay of working 50-hour weeks, just didn't justify keeping it. Some people may be different because their finances are different, but I've been blessed to where it just the difference in pay wasn't going to change much in my life. I have to give kudos to Dan Jamison. He is a 
retirement benefits expert when it comes to federal government. He did an excellent job showing that retirement packages were worth taking it as soon as you are eligible to retire. So at age 50, when you're eligible to retire, I did. And he's always said he's never heard any retiree complain that it was a mistake when they left. And when I interview people or talk to folks who retired, they said the same thing. It was time to move on after 20 years. This can take a toll on you. So if I was fired today, what would I do? Well, the new beginning is, is I've now decided to start a forensic accounting and tax resolution firm. So what exactly is forensic accounting? That's really just tracing the money. Telling the story about where the money came from and where the money went to. That's really what all it is. And for the most part, it's for court. Divorces, fiduciary litigation, criminal work, trusts and estates, bankruptcy fraud, those types of things. Uh, use your accounting skills for court purposes. And tax resolution is kind of a big word. But tax resolution really means when the IRS is really breathing down a taxpayer's neck, what's the best way to get the IRS off of them and get them some relief? Probably heard about the pennies on the dollar, midnight advertisers. Well, it's rare to do pennies on the dollar, but it's possible. But tax resolution, there's other ways to help a taxpayer out with the IRS versus just pennies on the dollar. So there are other avenues as well, but this is one of them. So my expertise in dealing with the IRS and local or other taxing authorities would help out in the firm. So I decided to start the forensic accounting firm and decided to call it Nordlander CPA PLLC, which means Professional Limited Liability Corporation. And the website is going to be nordlandercpa.com. Now, if you go up to it right now, it's not going to pull up. This is mid-March right now when I'm recording this. Hopefully, it'll be up within a week or two. I get to get the logos right and the colors right and get the content up there. But it'll be up there within a week or two, hopefully. So in the meantime, since I left the IRS criminal investigations as of last week, Friday, I am scheduled to give about four or five presentations in the next two months to various attorneys. I may have more in the works. We'll just see. I love the teaching aspect of all this. And I also have a four-hour presentation about forensic accounting in June for CPAs and attorneys. And we'll give more details about that later. So there you have it. 20 years. 21 years with sick leave added to my 20 years and nine months. But a new beginning. The podcast will still be the same. And I got more guests lined up. And I hope you enjoy the podcast as well as my new guest coming up as well. If you're a listener, your review helps others find this podcast. So if you're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, any of those type of platforms, please take some time and leave a review, share it with others. It helps other people find the podcast. And thank you for those of you who reach out to me and send me your comments and your questions. I really do appreciate it. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening.